Why did the paleontologist go to the doctor? I don't know why. He discovered a dinosaur. Story of animals and plants. Fossils are imprints kept on rocks and sand. No, if we didn't have fossils, then we wouldn't really have a clue. No, if we didn't have fossils, then we wouldn't really have a clue. We wouldn't know about dinosaurs. That's Jesse Farrell and the Gumboot Kids from Sparkle and Shine right here on the Children's Hour with Dinosaurs. I'm Katie Stone, and today on the Children's Hour, we are learning about fossils. Today's show comes out of some summer field trips where we learned field recording, and I took the kids to a super secret fossil dig site in the mountains outside of Albuquerque, New Mexico. The dig site was located in a private quarry, but a section of it was being dug by paleontologists for 350 million year old fossils. We're going to hear more about that and from the kids on that field trip. We're also going to hear from a budding paleontologist right on our kids' crew, Amadeus Menendez. He's a longtime volunteer at the New Mexico Museum of Natural History and Science, and he interviewed Mike Sanchez, the education director of that museum. We're going to learn about fossils directly from that education team. Plus, we talk with some folks from La Brea Tar Pits in Los Angeles, California. These are tar pits that are really like oily asphalt that have captured creatures for 60,000 years, creating perfect fossils. We're going to learn a lot more about that. We're going to learn how fossils are developed, 
why they are developed, and where we can find them. This episode comes with a learn-along guide that meets and cites education standards. You can find it at childrenshour.org. Look for fossils. And in fact, that's exactly what we're going to do. Today on the Children's Hour, we're looking for fossils. To be a fossil a million years from now Make you say holy cow Though you probably won't say holy cow years from now To be discovered Like all those ammonites Maybe shed a little light On a history you're trying to rewrite I promise not to be too sneaky A sieve and a wire brush The Holocene epic Awaits you in all of this sedimentary rock Love to know how The earth has come along And is the sun still going strong? Do you live here or is this cosmic gallivant? Ancient insects trapped in amber I can help the world remember Tell a story with my bones The movement of the continents Changes in the climate The species that would fail An evolution onward Ones that were stalwart and all the things they made to be a fossil and we drop out a million years from now and to be a fossil and that's That's Lunch Money from a release called Science Fair, To Be a Fossil. Today on the show, the kids' crew are in the mountains of New Mexico, outside of Albuquerque. We're with Amanda from Badlands Scientific Expeditions, and we are at a super secret site right now where Amanda and her team are digging for fossils. Welcome to the Children's Hour, Amanda. Thank you. First, we want to ask a big question as if, what exactly do you do for your job? 
So I dig fossils as a job. So I go into private quarries and I dig around and find fossils, excavate them, prepare them, and then get them into mostly museums. And so that's what we do is, as a paleontologist, you want to find new things, exciting things, things you haven't seen before. Amanda, will you take us on a fossil hike? Can we see where you're actually digging? Yes, I will. Let's go. We're going deeper and deeper and deeper into the big hole. There are a lot of rocks. Um, we're up in the mountains. Um, we're probably going to see a ton of fossils. We might even find some. We're in the middle of what looks like a bowl surrounded by walls of kind of what looks almost like it's been blasted. What kind of quarry is this? It's a clay quarry, but we are working the limestone. What is a quarry? So this quarry is where they dig out rocks and they use them to make things. What exactly are you looking for down here? So we are looking for fossil fish, plants, bugs, amphibians, that kind of stuff. I see that there are a lot of small flakes of rock everywhere. Is there a reason for that? The rocks break up with walking on them, tractors, water comes in and breaks them up. And of course we use our hammers and break the rocks up into small pieces to try and find the fossils hidden in between the layers. Mm. We spent the better part of a morning inside the quarry. We have a lot more coming up for you about fossils right here on the Children's Hour. But first, this is Susie Tallman. If I could ride a dinosaur, so tickled would I be. (laughs) If I could ride a dinosaur, would you come with me? Tyrannosaurus, Stegosaurus, Hawks, Triceratops, Pteranodon, Apatosaurus, Rocks. If I could ride Tyrannodon, 
We're learning about fossils today on the Children's Hour in a fossil field trip where we learned field recording with the kids crew this summer. This episode comes with a learn-along guide. You can download it and follow along and learn even more with us. Find it at childrenshour.org. Look for fossils. That's what we were doing inside the quarry outside of Albuquerque. So I wanted to ask, how old is the rock that we're working with here? The rock is late Pennsylvanian in age, roughly 305 million years old. Wow. My name is Tom Suazo, S-U-A-Z-O. I heard you talking about how the brick companies use the lighter rocks here. Can you elaborate on that more? Yeah, so the, the layers of rock that are on top of the one I'm standing on are good for making into bricks. So they, they mine them out of here, they grind them up, and they bake them into bricks. And the lower the lower rocks that we want to happen to be standing on have a lot of fossils in it. So they, they leave us these rocks to look for fossils, and they take the upper ones for making into bricks. Mm, that's very interesting. Do you think that I could help unearth the fossils? Absolutely. I was just grabbing, grabbing paint scrapers so that everybody could help look for some fossils. Yay. Right now, I am using a paint scraper to peel off a layer of rock. I'm seeing a lot, and when I say a lot, I mean a lot of shell imprints on rocks, which were most likely prehistoric clams and shellfish. I'm looking around here and there's so many shells. Yeah, there are so many shells. It's amazing that these things were buried millions of years ago and just recently were unearthed from the rock. I've just moved positions. Let's see what happens. See what I find. Ooh, jackpot. Oh, lots of cool shells. Even though this is an environment where we have a variety of kinds of different kinds of animals, it seems like we're finding mostly shells. So why is that? Well, the shells were really successful in different conditions. So when the conditions changed here, they kept living. And you'll actually find beds that are void of shells. So basically, the shells shells did all right in most of the conditions that were here back in the late Pennsylvanian. Cool. I am a paleontologist That's who I am, that's who I am, that's who I am I am a paleontologist That's who I am, that's who I am, that's who I am That's who I am, that's who I am, that's who I am That's who I am, that's who I am, that's who I am From Here Comes Science, a release for kids by They Might Be Giants. That is, I am a paleontologist. 
And we on the Children's Hour are being paleontologists today. We're learning about fossils in a field trip we took to a fossil dig site near Albuquerque. We have a lot more from our fossil dig site. We have to do some explaining, like why are there shells in the middle of the mountains? Lots more to learn coming up on the Children's Hour. Stick with us. You're listening to the Children's Hour, Kids Public Radio. We'll be right back. The Children's Hour is supported by the New Mexico Department of Cultural Affairs, announcing the September 23rd grand opening of New Mexico Museum of Art Vladim Contemporary with great family activities, including painting, drawing, writing, sculpting, and monthly family art-making Saturdays. Learn more about Vladim at nmartmuseum.org. Electric Playhouse supports the Children's Hour. Find your play at Electric Playhouse in Albuquerque, New Mexico. It's fun for kids and adults who want to play like a kid again. Featuring 16 interactive spaces with constantly rotating games and a full restaurant. Families can play and dine at Electric Playhouse. Tickets and investment opportunities at electricplayhouse.com. The Children's Hour is supported by the New Mexico Humanities Council. Since 1972, NMHC has sought to engage New Mexicans with history, culture, and diverse humanities topics. One, two, one, two, three, four. I thought he'd never leave. Uh, well, I'm a little dinosaur. I'm a Jonathan Richmond right here on the Children's Hour. We're learning about fossils today. This episode comes with a learn-along guide that meets and cites educational standards. You can use this episode in the classroom. Find the learn-along guide at childrenshour.org. Look for fossils. This summer, we went on a field trip to learn field recording skills to a secret fossil dig site just outside of Albuquerque. We're in the middle of the desert right now in the hot heat, but we're finding a lot of fossils from animals that seem like they lived underwater or things that lived in rivers, but we're in the desert. So how is that possible? 
about 300 million years ago, New Mexico was a lot closer to the equator and the ocean level was a lot higher. So it was basically like a, a small archipelago of islands. And off of one of these islands flowed a big river that pushed a lot of stuff from the land out into the ocean. And so these rocks preserve not only animals that were living in the ocean, like fish and sharks, but also anything that came down the river, like cockroaches and plants and small amphibians. So it's actually a really cool and interesting mix of the marine and non-marine in one place. And they're preserved here because it used to be an ocean, basically. There we are. Now it's starting to peel up. There we go. Oh, there's a lot on the bottom of this one. Tons of shells. They're, they're all stacked up on each other. Mm -hmm. It's like a little dog pile. Or it's yeah. a clam pile. Why do we have such a collection of fossils all in one area? So this area was an estuarian environment. So that's where rivers are meeting the ocean. So you get this wonderful mix of terrestrial and marine fossils. So we have things like bugs and plants right alongside fish and sharks. Doing this is very calming. Very calming for you? Yes. Alfred Wegener, you are a brilliant man. Yeah! Alfred Wegener, you are a brilliant man. 
the people with continental drift and the continental drift explains how come all of the land masses on planet Earth really seem to be a puzzle that could be put together. Alfred Wegener saw that long, long ago, and now it's understood that that was correct. And the continental drift is the drifting apart of Pangaea and creating the oceans and the continents as we know them today. You're listening to the Children's Hour, and today we're learning about fossils. Find our learn-along guide at childrenshour.org. Look for this episode, Fossils. What Makes a Fossil a Fossil by Amadeus Menendez. Fossils come in many shapes and sizes, from the teeniest mouse teeth to the biggest dinosaur legs. It might seem like fossils can just be any old bone or leaf that's from plants and animals that are old, but that's a very broad definition and one that doesn't really tell the whole story. So what exactly is a fossil? Does it have to be just from animals and plants or can it be from other things? Does it have to be a certain age to be considered a fossil? Does it even have to be fossilized? Today, I'm going to be answering these questions and a couple more with Mike Sanchez of the New Mexico Museum of Natural History and Science to figure out definitively what makes a fossil a fossil. So the word fossorial means, or comes from the word fossorial, which means to be dug up. So originally, people thought of anything that you dug up as being fossil. So a definition of a fossil is any trace of life of a living organism that is more than 10,000 years old. So that's, we had to put an arbitrary date on it. That's what came up. So fossils though can be of anything from microorganisms. So you can literally have fossil amoeba all the way up to fossil dinosaurs and dinosaur bones. So why are fossils important? What makes them matter and what makes them so significant in our modern day world of science? Fossils, you can learn a lot about the Earth, its history. And by knowing about the past, you can learn a lot about or predict what's going to happen in the future. Fossils sometimes are extremely important in ways that you wouldn't know. Just as an example, we depend on petroleum. Guess what petroleum is? Petroleum is the fossil remains of microorganisms that lived in the ocean. How do we find it? Sometimes there are these little tiny fossil teeth that are called conodonts that turn different colors depending on how close you are to proximity of a oil deposit. Fossils are also something that tells us about ourselves. We wouldn't know about our ancestry if it wasn't for fossils. So fossils are important across the board. And also there is the the intrinsic. They're fascinating to learn about the world of the way it was and use your imagination as to what that is all about. They're fascinating because it's how did animals live? You can learn, for example, that one animal was eating another or animals were eating plants and that's still happening today. And it's sort of fascinating to think that hundreds of millions of years ago, these very things were going on. How do we know that? By looking at their fossils. What makes a dinosaur bone different from, say, a bone that you just dug up? Well, there's a couple of things. First off, there's the age factor. If it was buried yesterday, it's certainly not going to be a fossil. 
The other thing is that frequently bones that have been mineralized, that means fossilized, they soak up minerals through the course of time and the carbon is replaced with silica. So you wind up with not something that is light, fluffy, like a modern bone, but something that is actually mineralized, heavy and very hard. Are fossils still being made and will we eventually become fossils ourselves? The answer to that is kind of more interesting than you think. Animals are dying every single day and animals are getting buried and animals are getting frozen and animals are, all kinds of things are happening to them and eventually they're discovered. So for example, we have a 10,000 year old mummified elephant from the tundra somewhere. Guess what? If it had only been 5,000 years old, it wouldn't have been considered a fossil. It's just a dead animal out there. So yes, things are constantly being exposed to the environments in which they will become fossils, frozen, stuck in amber. As far as will we become fossils, human race will leave behind its fossil evidence. The chances of a particular person actually becoming a fossil is really, really thin. If you think how many elephants have been around, if every elephant had become fossils, then we'd be literally in piles and piles and piles and piles trying to figure our way through dead elephants. But the fact is that it's a one in a million, one in a billion chance of becoming a fossil. So as a human race, we will leave behind fossil evidence, absolutely. But as far as an individual person becoming a fossil, not very likely. Thank you so much for being on the Children's Hour, and thank you for answering all these questions. It's been my pleasure. Thank you. That's Amadeus Menendez of the Kids Crew and Mike Sanchez of the New Mexico Museum of Natural History and Science. This is the Deedle Deedle Dees with a song about Lucy, one of the oldest human fossils ever found. Down by the Awash River, yeah. I remember you, Lucy, when I first found you. We played the Beatles song, that's where we found a name for you. I took you home with me, back to Cleveland. It wasn't long before you were famous. Down by the Awash River, I laid my notes down. I had a feeling, I started searching round. It was hot and dry. Then Lucy, you caught my eye, first your arm bone, then a piece of your skull, vertebrae, pelvis, ribs, and jaw. That was day one, you and me. I remember you, Lucy, when I first found you. We played the Beatles song, that's where we found a name for you. Took you home with me back to Cleveland. It wasn't long before you were famous. Upright, that's right. I could tell because your legs were like mine. You were a hominid, baby, but not a chimp. At one site, we found 40% of your skeleton. They call you Dinkinish in Ethiopia. That means you're marvelous.
I remember you losing when I first found you. We played the Beatles song, that's where we found a name for you. I took you home with me, back to Cleveland. It wasn't long before you were famous upright. What are you doing? Oh, I'm just peeling the layers away, looking for the fossils. See here, there's umbrellas, the little seashells. See them? Yeah, I do. And this dark spot here is a piece of uh, plant material from millions of years ago. My name's Dave. I uh, prospect for fossils. Uh, why do you look for fossils? Because I find it enjoyable. I do it for fun. Oh, how did you get into fossil hunting? I guess when I was a kid, my dad was like a rock hound and we'd go out looking for different rocks and fossils. So currently I'm just using my hammer and chipping away. Pretty big piece of gray rock. There's a lot of moisture under these rocks. Hi, what's your name? Randy Pence, P-E-N-C-E. Now, what do you have here? This is fish vomit. Oh. And it's 320 million year old fish vomit. How do you know that's fish vomit? Because I asked the expert over there. <laughs> do you find a lot of this, or is this I more of a rarity? Found, I found a few out here. I mean, you can find all sorts of stuff. Uh, they find coprolites, which is fossilized poop. I found a cockroach out here which uh, cockroaches have been around forever, probably will be forever. That's from the summer when we went on a field trip to a secret fossil quarry. You're listening to the Children's Hour. This is Mr. Cooper. How do we know? How do we know? Dinosaurs lived so long ago. This is a song about fossils. What are fossils, you may ask? Fossils can be found in rocks or in the ground. Fossils are clues from the past. No one's ever seen a dinosaur. So how can we be sure they were real? Scientists found their bones in mud that turned to stone. Their history was revealed. Fossils can be fish, plants, or shells. Skeletons or footprints in the sand Or insects that were trapped In hard and sticky sap Fossils have helped us understand That's how we know, that's how we know 
Dinosaurs lived so long ago. You're listening to the Children's Hour, Kids Public Radio. We'll be right back. This episode of the Children's Hour had special support from Sandia National Laboratories. United Way of North Central New Mexico supports the Children's Hour. Outpost Performance Space in Albuquerque, New Mexico is a proud supporter of the Children's Hour. The Children's Hour is supported in part by an award from New Mexico Arts, a division of the New Mexico Department of Cultural Affairs, and the National Endowment for the Arts. Support for the Children's Hour is also provided by the City of Albuquerque's Cultural Services Department and the Urban Enhancement Trust Fund. Token Ibis is a supporter of the Children's Hour. At Token Ibis, they know that philanthropy doesn't need more money, it needs more people. Users can direct Token Ibis money towards their favorite New Mexico nonprofits. Learn more and sign up at tokenibis.org. You're listening to the Children's Hour, and today we're searching for fossils. And when I think of a dig site, I tend to picture some remote place, like a vast desert or the ancient ruins of an old city or the mountains, like where we were with the kids. But one of the world's most unique places to find fossils is smack in the middle of Los Angeles, California, one of America's biggest cities. That's the La Brea Tar Pits, where scientists have found fossils up to 60,000 years old, including lions and camels and giant sloths. Oh, my! We talked with curator and paleontologist Dr. Emily Lindsay about this very special place and what it's like to study the Ice Age. I love that I get to follow my curiosity. I love that I get to work with a lot of different people. I do love that I get to get outside and get out in the world and travel and have adventures. The La Brea Tar Pits see experts from across the world all looking for clues to the Earth's past. She told us her team oversees active fossil digs every day. And so I'll be out there on days checking in with our excavation team and talking about what types of information we want to be getting out of the deposits that we're excavating right now and what new finds they might have made, whether it's the skull of a 40,000-year-old mountain lion or the fossil poop of a 50,000-year-old wood rat or a really cool complete beetle that they found that might be 25,000 years old. All of this happens just off the city's busy streets. There's museums around, there's cars and buses going by. And once you're in the park, it looks in some ways like a normal park, except there's a a few buildings in it. There's a couple of different museums. And then also throughout the park, these areas that are fenced off. And on the other side of the fences, you can see these sticky black pools of what we call asphalt or tar. In cities, we use asphalt to pave roads. Maybe you've seen construction workers smoothing and rolling the material to patch up a street. But in the La Brea tar pits, the asphalt pools are part of the natural environment. If you could imagine taking a bowl and filling it with like sand and pebbles and some dirt and some clay, and then say dumping a bunch of molasses on top of it, 
that's kind of like what we're digging in. So the asphalt seeps are actually the result of, they come from underground oil reserves. So there's a bunch of oil underneath the city of Los Angeles, just like in many parts of the world. But the difference in Los Angeles is that we also have earthquakes and so sometimes little cracks form in the ground and that underground oil smushes its way up to the surface. These tar pits are found across the world. But the only one in the middle of a city is the one here in Los Angeles, and we're also far and away the most well-studied. And because the La Brea tar pits are so sticky, everything from leaves and bugs to massive animals have gotten stuck at the site leaving all kinds of fossils behind. The La Brea Tar Pits is best known for our big extinct Ice Age mammals. So we have mammoths and mastodons, we have saber-toothed cats and direwolves, we have giant bears, giant lions, horses, bison, dwarf pronghorn antelopes, we have camels, but then my favorite are the giant ground sloths, which are related to modern tree sloths, but they got to be the size of hippopotamuses. So this whole area, it used to be a ranch. There were cows grazing everywhere, and, and somebody on the ranch had found a bone, and they showed it to a geologist who was visiting from Boston. And he looked at it, and he was able to identify it as being a bone of a saber-toothed cat, which we knew was extinct. And so that's when this came to be recognized as a site that might be of interest to paleontologists. The site's biggest excavations happened at the start of the 20th century. That's a little over 100 years ago. And then in 1969, the Natural History Museum decided to resume excavations here. Researchers even found a partial human skeleton at the site, proving that people had been frequenting the tar pits for thousands of years for its resources. These asphalt seeps that, you know, have been trapping plants and animals for 60,000 years have also been very important to human communities because the asphalt has a really remarkable property, which is, of course, oil and water don't mix. And the asphalt's already quite sticky, and then when it can be dried out, it hardens into basically a waterproofing agent. So it's been used by humans for thousands of years to make waterproof pots and drinking vessels, to waterproof boats. A hundred years ago, people were only collecting big fossils from the site. They were studied and made into museum exhibits. But since then, experts have found so much more. And these are the fossils of little insects and plants and lizards and snakes and birds, even fish and little freshwater snails and clams. It's these fossils that are really important for helping us understand what the ecosystem was like, what the climate was like. And the site's sticky tar pit actually plays a key role in scientists' ability to do that work. First, it traps everything in one place. So anytime something touches that asphalt, it gets stuck there. And so it stays there forever, kind of like flypaper. But the tar also improves the quality of the fossil. Earlier on our show, Mike Sanchez at the New Mexico Museum of Natural History told us that many old bone scientists study are, 
well, fossilized. Their original chemical composition slowly changed over time to a harder, mineralized material. As it turns out, tar is really good at preserving objects like bones. It's actually still the original bone, which means that we can learn about the chemistry of the bone. We can get radiocarbon dates. We can look at chemical signatures in the bone that tell us something about what an animal was eating or what the environment it lived in might have been like or whether or not it migrated. You might be wondering, what is a radiocarbon date? Well, it's a major part of how scientists know the age of any fossil. All plants and animals contain radiocarbon. It's a chemical naturally created by the Earth's atmosphere up in the sky. But over time, it breaks down. So as any fossil gets older, it contains less and less radiocarbon. If scientists measure the amount still inside a fossil, they can learn how long ago that animal lived. And as Dr. Lindsay said, sometimes they can also measure other chemicals inside its bones. They leave signatures like a person signing an old letter. We get really small things and really big things all together in one site, which is pretty unusual. And so because of that, we're able to actually start reconstructing an entire ecosystem in the past, which is a very rare opportunity for a paleontologist. We know the Earth looks awfully different than it did 60,000 years ago. There are no more wild camels or saber-toothed tigers in America. And many parts of the world have experienced major shifts in their climates. Today, we're seeing big changes too. And in some ways, Dr. Lindsay says looking into the Earth's past can even tell us about what we're going through now. I think the most important types of questions that are being asked at places like La Brea Tar Pits now are really about understanding what happens to ecosystems during times of major environmental upheaval like we see ourselves going through today. So we know that the time period that the Tar Pits covers the last 60,000 years or so of Earth's history included the last major episode of climate change. It included when humans first arrived and a time that included a big extinction event where we lost some animals from the ecosystem. And so what we're trying to do now is use our information that we have from these natural events from the past to help inform how we might be able to protect species and sort of best support ecosystem resilience and health as we're going through periods of environmental change today. That's Dr. Emily Lindsay. She's the assistant curator and excavation site director at the La Brea Tar Pits and Museum in Los Angeles, California. Finding fossils, digging in the dirt. Finding fossils, time to get to work. Finding fossils, digging in the sand Finding fossils, digging with our hands Millions of years ago Dinosaurs ruled, dinosaurs roamed When they died, buried in the earth Dinosaur bones turned into stone Finding fossils, digging in the dirt Finding fossils, time to get to work Finding f-
Press play picture house right here on the children's hour. We're going to go back to the kids one more time at the super secret fossil dig site in the mountains of New Mexico. Remember, we have a learn along guide that comes with this show. Find it at childrenshour.org. Look for fossils. What's the most exciting thing you found? Well, that would be the, the fossil spider that I found here back in 2014. It's the only fossil spider that's ever been found in New Mexico. And it's actually named after me. It's called Protolycosa swazoi. Whoa. What did you find? I think this is a fern right here, and we almost have like a black outline of it, kind of like a silhouette just on a flat rock. Wow. A 350-million-year-old fern just sitting in your hand right now. Yeah. As a question, where can we find photos of all of this? Photos are going to be posted to childrenshour.org. Look for this episode, Fossils. Oh, yeah. That's a nice-sized piece. Here, let's flip it over. Let's see what's underneath. Ooh, there's a few. There's a few more. In 2013, they found a shark here. Wow. The guy that found it wanted to call it a Godzilla shark, but... Godzilla's a trademark name, so we couldn't do that. It took them a day or two to figure out that it could be a shark, and sure enough. And it's actually a new species. Oh. Mm-hmm. It's at the museum. It's not like the whole shark because it's, you know, smashed. And they figured out the teeth of the shark will come out of his mouth and roll down and become scales on his body. That's very interesting. There are so many rocks here and so many shells and fossils. Like you think of like finding a shell like, ooh, that's cool, but there's just so many of them. Like, it's amazing. I've seen lots of interesting rocks here, but I haven't really seen many fossils besides the shells but from what I've learned here I think this was a very good experience and this is Gareth signing out you heard from Amanda Cantrell and Thomas Suazo they're from Badlands Scientific Expeditions in New Mexico and they are paleontologists Find photos, learn along guide, and so much more at childrenshour.org. Look for this episode, Fossils. 
This is Juice Music, right here on the Children's Hour. Under the ground there's lots of clues Answers to the world that we never knew Fossils and bones can tell us lots Pieces of a puzzle help us join the dots Oh, paleontologists digging up the dinosaurs world that's never been seen before when I grow up it's what I wanna be there's gotta be more to discover and see if we dig who knows what else we'll find magnificent creatures that didn't survive oh paleontologists digging up the dinosaurs Historic world that's never been seen before. The Children's Hour is produced by the Children's Hour Incorporated, a New Mexico nonprofit. Our show was written by Katie Stone with lots of help from all of us on the kids' crew. You can find photos, links, learn along guides, and more about us at childrenshour.org. We had production help on today's show from Eli Henley and our senior producer, Christina Stella. Thanks to Badlands Scientific Expeditions for taking us on the fossil field trip. Find our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts or go to our patreon.com slash the children's hour. Or ask your smart speaker to play the children's hour podcast. We post our photos and more on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Find us at TCH Radio. Our theme music was written by C.K. Barlow. The Children's Hour is distributed by PRX, the Public Radio Exchange, and by the Pacifica Radio Network. Thanks for listening to the Children's Hour, Kids Public Radio.